Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Lots of Super Bowl discussion on the show. We're going to switch things up a little bit, talk about some Texas basketball. Big matchup tonight versus the oh, Texas yeah. Tech Red Raiders for a big Monday. Um, so we'll have a little breakdown, talk about their big win over West Virginia this past weekend. And also next segment, uh, get back to the conversation about the Texans hiring a new OC. And we'll continue our Super Bowl review tomorrow. Uh, we'll finish up our Super Bowl review and get ready for the All-Star weekend. <laughs> NBA All Star Weekend, baby. Which no one knew. Hey, All Star <laughs> Weekend. No, because the, it's the NFL's fault. The NFL right. pushed back the yes, Super Bowl. Yes, yes. And they're the ones. Week. Yes. yes they're so, the, yes, yeah. it is All Star Weekend. Texas baseball starts Friday. Yes, and the right. XFL starts Saturday, too. Oh, man. So, are you y'all get, really going to watch any XFL stuff? I mean, I'm sure I'll turn it on. I don't I know am. how uh, intently I'll be watching it, but. Some you know, good coaches involved. I haven't looked at the rosters yet, but there's, uh, I'll check them out. How many Texas teams? One Texas team? How many Texas teams? No, there's Houston and San Antonio, San Antonio. Right? And, San Antonio. and Dallas. Is there a Dallas team? No, team? no, no. The Dallas one is the, um, the U.S. They got, they got two leagues. That are yeah, yeah I, I that think one. Houston has one in the XFL and in uh, the USFL. Other, yeah. The USFL doesn't start till April. Yeah. yeah. Which one is uh, Bob right. Stoops on? XFL. Right. But that's old though. I don't know if he's still is he still coaching. I don't know if he's still coaching. I know the uh, Sumlin is. Yeah, Sumlin is. Yeah, so Bob Stoops is coaching in Arlington. Okay, Wade Phillips in Houston. Mm -hmm. Rod Woodson in Las Vegas. Uh, Terrell Buckley in Orlando, Heinz Ward, Heinz in, San Ward in San Antonio, Antonio yeah. uh, Jim Hazlitt Heinz in Seattle, yep. nice. Anthony Beck in St. Louis, and Reggie Barlow in Washington, D.C. Yep. That is your teams. Oh, uh, for the XFL? For the XFL. Okay. So somebody must be in the USFL then. He is. Um, He's right. with the Houston Gamblers. Oh, I hope they sell the uh, like the, the merchandise. School? I know. I, I love might buy them. some of that Houston Gambler merchandise. Yeah, that's, that's if they right. Kelly. But they, well, won't, they won't be able to use the old stuff, though. I don't think they can use the old. Can they use the old? I think like they stuff? bought all the rights. They to bought. Them all. Did, they, did they own all the rights to I it? I think so. Yeah. If they if they can use the old like the old merchandise and the old logo, that'd be cool. The XFL is the Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Which one is the uh, Which one is the Gamblers? USFL. That would be the USFL. Yeah. Okay. okay. Which and if that's so, if you're right, they yep. maybe they do own all the yep. old stuff. I think hope they, they can it. use yep. the old logo. That'd be really cool. Yep. All right. So I guess you got football coming up. I would say football is kind of like sex. You know, even when it's bad, nah, still pretty good, but. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> bad sex is sad sex. Hmm. <laughs> hurry up and finish. <laughs> uh, what was uh, the ple- premature what? Premature electrification. Electrification, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into some uh, Texas, Texas Tech discussion. First of all, uh, give some props to Sir Jabari Rice once mm-hmm. again. I mean, he just continues to show how poised he is. The deeper we get into the season, uh, the more clutch he becomes and the more big-time um, performances he seems to be having. He led the way for the Longhorns in their last uh, game off the bench, by the way, uh, with 24 points, scoring a season-high 24 points uh, for him. It was 5 of 6 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, mm-hmm. 10 of 10 from the line. And that was just in 17 minutes. They did put an Old Testament-style butt-whipping on West Virginia, um, but it started with Sergio Bar Rice providing a hell of a spark that turned yep. into a, a just a flaming. It just turned into a fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it really overwhelmed West Virginia. It was a, a dominant performance from start to finish. Um, Texas went after him and, and played well. Uh, I was more impressed. I love Serge Jabari Rice, don't get me wrong. I was very impressed with the way that he played. Obviously going 10 of 10 from the free throw line, as you mentioned. Texas as a team went 24 of 25 
from the free throw line, mm-hmm. which was outstanding. Yeah. But and I was that, glad. That 25th was the last free throw. So right. he hit the first 24 in a row, that's which crazy. is a new school record. Yeah, yeah awesome. that's outstanding. But the biggest thing for me was the moment and the time that Arterio Morris got a chance to play. We've been waiting for him to be that aggressive type of player. And one thing that I noticed right away as soon as he got into the game, he was thinking offense immediately. Mm-hmm. And I know that's normally who he is, but this was this seemed to be a different vibe. And once he hit his first two shots, it was like, okay, if I touch it, it's going up. But he was doing great on the defensive end as well. He was playing some pressure on the ball and making guys feel uncomfortable, which it seems to be if you're going to play for Texas, you need to play some defense. Oh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. like what Morris is I, – I, and I don't quite get it because he does make bonehead plays at points, but he has just – it's so instinctual, and he plays – like he just has such a good feel for the game yep. at points where he is in passing lanes at the right points. He can get steals, got quick hands. And honestly, he's had more games where you would think that he would have more games where he'd be better on offense than defense. He's honestly been better on defense yes. in most of these games than he has yes. been on offense. And I think part of the problem he's had is a lot of times when he's on ball and when he's the ball handler taking it up, mm-hmm. he's playing with lineups that never get on the court. Right. So he's just not – the lineups aren't used to playing with each other, so there's some more turnovers and it may not look as good. But, man, the future is very bright with him. Of when you can see the stuff he does that is instinctual, that's just really hard to teach somebody yep. over time. Mm-hmm. He has all of those, so it's just like, hey man, you just got to be confident in what you do, and then figure out the way to work it into the system you're trying to play in. But I mean, I think another off season working and him and Tyrese Hunter next season could be a really good backcourt duo going forward. Yeah. Jabari Rice, we're seeing that pump fake pay off in other ways now because now guys are trained to not go up on a shot. So he's just shooting threes over the top of and people because they're not down. closing out hard on him. Yeah. Because they know the pump fake, so they don't close out hard. And now he's just sinking threes on top of everybody, Crazy. which is going to make the pump fake more popular again. Yeah. It's just, it's it's so fun to watch the evolution of it to where everybody goes, oh, we're all laughing because he just does this pump fake all the time. So now he's shooting threes, but he's driving and pump faking big guys in the middle mm. and then jumping around him for layups. Because the big guys don't, like, they're, they're going to jump on a pump fake. Yep. The big guys just want to block shots. They're going to do it. So watching his progression, Timmy Allen goes in there. You could tell early he was he was uh, one point away from getting his 2,000th career point. Yeah, man. So you could tell a little bit he was a little tight. He just wanted to get that one out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But he gets his first. And the Why team didn't they rolled. stop it like LeBron? Because <laughs> he ain't LeBron. Because two thousand career True. points is not a record. <laughs> right. It's just a good personal achievement. Uh, no, but I like – and I think Rodney Terry did a great job of he got this team ready. They played a I'd say nineteen minutes of the first half. I think they had one minute where they didn't look good. So really good. They came out really slow in the second half. They still played defense, so they weren't getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh the defense started to slip a little bit. Rodney Carey calls a timeout on a run. They immediately blow the game right back out, and it's never in doubt even close again. Uh so just solid coaching there to get them right back on track. The team responded. This is the stretch of games right now mm-hmm. where you're going to be playing a Texas Tech team that is down this year. You are going to have Oklahoma back here on Saturday. Those are must-win games, a must-win game tonight and a must-win game on Saturday because from that point on, you are playing pretty much all ranked opponents and all really good opponents. Oklahoma and Texas Tech can upset you if you don't take them seriously. So you need to go in tonight and, and play hard. But these are teams that if you're number six in the country – and you are a real mm-hmm. five-loss team that thinks you should be a one or a two seed in the tournament. You need to go handle your business because these are first-round games, second-round games for you in the tournament. 
And these are the games that you get up that Texas has been getting upset in by playing down to other people's levels. They didn't do that on Saturday. Texas played their game, looked like they were having fun. If you can do that with this veteran team, this Texas basketball team has a lot of chance to go far in this tournament. First complete yeah. game I saw them play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the first complete game. They did not they play came. down. They played yep. Texas basketball the entire game. And even when they had the drought, they still played Texas basketball on defense <clears throat> yep. as opposed to going, uh, West Virginia's not very good. Let's just slow it down. They're not having a good day. They're not they're shooting horribly. Yeah. Which they shot mm-hmm. I mean like they you got you got lucky horribly. too, because West Virginia just played like they shot the ball really bad. Yep. Yeah. But they played Texas played, <clears throat> and that's what you gotta do. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting, you know, obviously tonight for Texas on the road. Just as Patrick said, not playing to your competition, playing to a a certain level, a certain standard. Uh, Texas Tech, they're playing much better basketball now, but Texas Tech has been struggling in Big 12 play. Uh, if you look at their the the, pump, the Ken Palm ratings, I think they're the last-ranked Big 12 team in the Ken Palm mm-hmm. ratings. <clears throat> and their overall record, I think they're, what, 12 and – sorry, 13 and 12. But, man, you know for Texas, we don't consider it a rivalry. Right. But Texas Tech considers it a robbery, so you better get you better get get it right. You they camped out. Right. They camped out. Yeah, get your mind right. They camped out again to make sure that they got into the arena to give Texas hell tonight. Um, and I think they will try their yeah. best to give hell. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, if Texas plays, you know, obviously defense should travel for them. That's their calling card. That's their identity. Um, but you have so many guys now that should be able to contribute um, offensively on the road, whether that's a Timmy Allen, whether that's a Sir Jabari Rice, whether that's a Marcus Carr, you know, whether you find Tyrese Hunter has a, a you know, a game that can spark him, um, whether that's a Christian Bishop, whatever, depending on the matchup. And that's the thing about this Texas Tech uh, matchup, wise. They they got some size to throw at Texas, mm-hmm. and we know that's one of the you know kind of the limitations of this roster is that they don't have a ton of size. Now there are ways to scheme around that. There are ways that you can counter that. You can go small, force them um, into you know compromising positions using their size against them. Um, but in this matchup, that is definitely something that Tech's going to try to exploit is their advantage. Now I know Bacho's been out for a little bit, so he, or Bacho may be out for tonight, mm-hmm. which he's a, he's a center. Now he didn't do great against Texas. He basically got in foul trouble against Texas in the last game. The and kept having to come mm-hmm. out. Uh, Big Maple, Big hey, Maple is, hey, is, is playing, but he is not really. The injury clearly showed that he is just doesn't have time to get with this offense, so he doesn't look like he really plays in a system well. So they do have some. They do have size. But some of their size isn't as scary as we thought it was going to be going to that first matchup. Yeah. But O'Banner, you have to watch out for because he's six nine. He will go in there and he will dominate and try and get our guys in foul trouble. You just have to guard him well, make him work for everything. And if you make him work for everything, that's how you can at least slow him down enough to keep them in the game. And if he puts up twenty and you hold everybody else, you win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I like that about getting big men in foul trouble early on. Texas does that when they're aggressive. Yeah. Right. When they're aggressive. Especially, they, and that's another thing Jabari Rice does. When he goes into the paint and you go, big man, he just goes, I'm just going to drive till three feet away, pump fake. He doesn't even have to jump to block my shot. He's going to jump out of the gym and, and I'm just going to lean underneath <laughs> him and go and try to lay the ball, but he's going to land on top of me. He's yeah. so damn His game is so savvy. I mean, it almost feels like an old man game, but he's right. not yeah. an old man. It's weird, man, but it's 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 really. He's an old soul. He's an old soul. He's there an you old go. soul. Um, but I, I, I think he, he's probably the best six man uh, in the Big 12, definitely in that conversation to be the best uh, six man in the Big 12. Uh, all right. 
uh, this matchup though between Texas and Texas Tech tonight for do we think Texas and I, you know Patrick I'll throw it you know your way because I know you watch a lot of college basketball Texas got a chance to get a one seed yeah yeah I mean I, well, like yeah. look if you went out you win the Big Twelve tournament you're a one seed you're a one seed so I and that's the easy route. Because yeah, yeah. that is, if you went out, you're a five-loss team who won your Big 12. Yeah. You're a number one seed. Yeah. That, that, there's no you're doubt. You're a top five team in the country then, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you're, yeah, yeah you're, you're up there. It's easy. I, but Purdue just lost. So, if we see Purdue lose a couple more games, that'll slide them down. They're probably still a one seed, but it makes everything a little bit closer. And then, if you're the best team in the Big 12, it's going to be hard to not put a Big 12 seed as one of the one seeds, right? Considering the narrative of the So, if you are, if you win the Big 12 regular season and you win the Big 12 tournament – even if you drop another game in here or whatever, but you win both of those, it's hard for them to necessarily look past you and say, well, the Big 12 is the best conference in, in basketball and no one gets a one seed, or we're going to give it to Kansas on reputation. So yeah. that that's where I think th- they have the path because they've won enough games, but you still have a very hard stretch coming up. And then you have the t- Big 12 tournament, Do which gotta, anything can happen in. think you got to win both regular season and attorney? To get, to get a to one get seed, one? probably, because mm-hmm. if you don't in Kansas – Wins yeah. the Big 12 tournament, they probably get the one seed uh, based on reputation. Yeah. But I think a Big 12 team gets a one seed. And so if you win both, you take the conversation out of it. Now, how we see it play out, if they win out the regular season and then lose they in lose the, the finals, turn, yeah. they may still get the one seed. I think there's multiple routes to it because of how well they played. But starting first, you have this game and this game on Saturday that you need to go in there and show to everybody that you beat teams that you were supposed to beat. And then you buckle down, and that's where you have to play Baylor again and Kansas again, and you are playing some really good teams down the stretch. Yeah. yeah. That's the resume builder right there. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, I, I believe in this team, and I believe – I think the biggest thing about this Texas basketball team is the thing that we've been talking about all day. It's the fact that this is a mature basketball team. They've seen it all. These guys are older. Uh, I'll get into this conversation tomorrow, but I talked to a baseball coach uh, today – and what he told me was guys are older, so it makes the game better. Mm. Because we've talked about the one and dones, right? Yep. So one and dones mm-hmm. kind of change the course, and it's all mm. exciting. But when you're trying to build a program and you want your program to sustain uh, uh, excellence, you need to have some of those four-year, five-year guys to stay within the program because the consistency can be there. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with all those up and downs and getting in and out and doing all this other stuff, it makes it difficult for you to be in that realm. Yeah. No, so you're right about that. It just changes the way. And I'm mm-hmm. that's why I was so excited when we got guys that have already been to the NCAA tournament that play the guard position. Now they understand. That's why Texas has had so much success where Rodney can show them, hey, man, this is what y'all are doing. Okay. Now let's go out there and fix it. That's exactly how that happens. If it's a young player, you know it's a lot tougher to teach those guys at halftime than it is a guy that's been around and seen a lot that has Mm. happened in a basketball game or football or baseball. Yeah, It's easy to adjust. The Mm -hmm. the further you get in life and everything, the more you're able to cope with mistakes Mm -hmm. and bounce back. It's It's just something that comes through perseverance and time. And so when you have a bunch of fifth-year seniors who have, look, man, I've thrown 25 balls out of bounds. I've been in the wrong spot and yelled at by my coach (laughs) countless times. So when it happens, I can change and go, I I know I'm a better player than that and move on. Whereas if you get a younger player when that happens and they have two plays, they miss a three and then get a foul on the other end and the coach lights into them, sometimes that takes them a few more plays to get over it and it can lead downhill 
And so to have a bunch of guys on that team to kind of carry it through, and that's Tyrese Hunter is a young guy who can show flashes of greatness, but when you mm-hmm. have a Jabari Rice who can come in and mm-hmm. settle the boat, yep. and now, I mean, he's been doing much more than settling the boat in these last stretch of six, seven games. That's true. I mean, we, I can, yeah, we can't say that anymore. He's been the captain. <laughs> exactly. I'm the captain now. <laughs> El Capitan. El but, Capitan. But that is a huge exactly. help because you need the young guys to have that spark and to have those moments. We talked about Arteria Morris earlier, but you also need to have the stabilizing. Hey, man, look, I get it. I threw like Trey Mitchell threw that ball in the stands three times in a row. <laughs> yes, and you just saw, and it was just like, "Hey, man, he didn't. He let one mistake lead to another, lead to another, and Bob Huggins had to keep pulling him out of the game." Versus Christian Bishop makes a mistake, comes back down, and goes, "Okay, I'm, I get it. Mm-hmm. I got yelled at. I, I deserve that. Let's go play the rest of the game." Yeah. yeah. And then he has that second half the other week where he has a bad first half, comes out in the second half and dominates. So it's just that edge of, of age and experience is huge in college basketball. Yeah, hard yeah. for young players to self-correct. Um, yeah. Easier for older guys to self-correct. Yeah. You know one play does not define you. It ain't taking it personal when a coach is giving you constructive criticism. Oh, so true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You You've been know. through it. Yep, you already know. It's yeah. like, nah, he ain't yelling at me. He's yelling at the decision I made. Right. The effort I gave. Right. The execution, whatever it was. Right. Uh, no, I totally when before, get that. it's like, man, why are you yelling? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought we was cool. Like, I thought we was cool. Don't no. take it personal. Nah, no, uh, man, it's business. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully this Texas team can take care of business uh, on the road versus the Red Raiders. All right, we come back. We got to talk Texans. They made a new hire at offensive coordinator. Uh, We'll talk about what that means for the Texans and some of the other acquisitions uh, for the head uh, for the head coach, D'Amico Ryan's. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful down the horn. To Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Soul, soulful jams meant to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans whose team may have lost over the weekend. That's just Philadelphia sports fans, and nobody feels bad or sorrow. Sorry for Philadelphia sports fans. No sympathy? No. Nah. nah, no pity at all. My sister-in-law is a Philadelphia Eagle fan. She hadn't even texted me today. She oh, normally yeah. texts me. This one hurt real bad yeah. too because you were up ten. I mean, yeah. You were up. You were up double digits at halftime. And previous Super Bowl teams who were up, I believe, double digits at halftime were twenty six and one. Yeah. And Tom Brady was that only one. Yeah. Now we got the goat, and then maybe the next goat. Yeah. They are the two now, twenty six and two, for double digit <clears throat> uh, halftime leads. In the Super Bowl. And it hurts even more because of the mm-hmm. fact that Jalen Hurts was putting on a great performance. He did. You know what I'm saying? Dude, it's you- like you're sitting there looking at it like, we got our quarterback. He's moving the ball. We're doing great. No, did you see? I meant to bring this number up. We had so much to talk about. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. The Eagles' third down conversion rate? Yes. They converted 61% of their third downs and damn near every fourth down. And time of possession. They owned it. Dominated it. 
dominated they composition. owned it yeah, they, yeah. By the way, third down conversion rate second best conversion rate in Super Bowl history history behind the Eagles by the way the 2017 yeah. Eagles 2017 yeah. Eagles well Nick Foles is the only Eagles quarterback to deliver a championship there that's why oh. he still got his dilly dilly yeah no yeah, Philly, man, Philly. It, it, like I said there are a lot of things you can look at in this matchup how about this I'll give you another stat because I know we're going to talk Texans here yeah yeah Eagles passed for 300 plus yards had three uh t- at least three touchdowns 35 minutes at least of time of possession they uh, got 60-plus percent conversion rate on third downs, and they converted all their fourth-down conversions. The first team to do all of those things in a game since 1989, and the last team to do it won 61-7. to it's Yeah, just, it just doesn't make numbers. I mean, they, the they, numbers The numbers don't really don't, all match they, up. They do not. And, I, and the reason I think they don't match up is because Mahomes is just that good. Like, he yep. is just that good. It's just really tough to beat Mahomes. Like I said, the Eagles, zero takeaways, zero sacks. First game since week nine of 2021 yep. where they had zero sacks, zero takeaways. Yeah, that's that, that, those numbers are ridiculous. Because Mahomes, don't give the, he don't turn the football over, Mm-mm. and he's hard to sack. He's the toughest quarterback, arguably, to sack. He's the toughest quarterback, arguably, to sack in the NFL. I know it sounds crazy, but in terms of a guy that wants to stay in the pocket, not like a Lamar Jackson, not like a Josh Allen, I'm talking about a guy that wants to hurt you from the pocket. Yep. Nobody avoids sacks the way Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he has a ninety-six point four QBR. It's out of a hundred. QBRs are out of a hundred. He had ninety-six point four. That's and that's, they had possession of the less, ball thirty-five minutes points away right? from perfect. He was yeah. almost perfect in the he second was, half. Yes, he was just like Patrick. He had like one incompletion. Yeah, yeah like yeah. and for Jalen Hurts, great game, seventy-nine point seven QBR. Yeah. So that's a good game is 70 like in the Super Bowl you're projected you normally are going to try and get around 80 85 is a really good game. Yeah. He got over that. Yeah. You know, like I'm just saying statistically huh. and if you look at the way analytics looks at things he had a insanely good game. Oh yeah. What was his completion percent? Like seventy-seven point eight percent? Yeah, it was some. He, well, he finished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was yeah. damn near seventy-eight percent completion percentage, guys. I mean, yeah. he's just. Unbelievable. And we forget he got hurt in that I remember the first half when he got hurt. I told my wife, I said, Oh, oh. babe. Oh, we all did. I said, if he can't if he can't even get around without limping, man, they're gonna eat him alive. Man, dude came back out in the and like it was nothing jogging, wrong. Jogging out. Like, he was what? like, What's up with it? What's up shoot with it? Shoot this dude up with, man. Somebody said, I want Patrick Mahomes drug tested right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want For him real. drug tested. Hey, it, whatever they gave him, man, he was feeling good, but I think he's put it all on the line. I think he's yep. a lot he's a lot tougher than we give him credit for. Well, well, he said there was nothing that was gonna stop me from being on the field. Yeah, exactly. So which I appreciate, man. He just yep. he just he got that dog in him. Yeah, he does. As the young folks would say. Yeah, he does. Hopefully, Bobby Slovic has that dog in him as well. He is now the new offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans. Uh, his resume it's a it's a short one, but it is an impressive one. He's basically been with the Shanahan clan mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember, going back to the Washington days when Papa Shanahan was the head coach and my boy Shano was the OC there. Um, he actually was a defensive assistant when he first came on with the Shanahan clan, which I love, by the way. You yep. I love I love the Belichickian theory. Guys who have more than uh have experience in more than one phase of the game. But then he went to San Fran, defensive quality control assistant, then flipped to offense, um, and then became their offensive pass game specialist in 2021, and most recently was their offensive passing game coordinator. He's 35 years old, uh, and he was also uh, a pro football focus. 
uh, actually employee for mm-hmm. a couple of years as well. I think he left football for like a year or so. I think in between that Washington defensive assistant job and then the San Fran one from 2013, 2014, 2015, and 16, he was away from football. I assume that's when he was with Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Yeah, so I like the move. I think it's a good move because I know the Cliff Kingsbury thing was gaining a lot of momentum and a lot of you know uh, headlines, and I get that. But D'Amico Ryan wants a an offensive system that complements his defensive system, and he knows the offensive scheme that the Shanahan's run complement his scheme very well. And complementary football is, I think, why this decision was made. And familiarity, he knows him very yes, well personally. Yes. They know each other really well too. Yeah, that's an important. Uh, especially when you're building a new staff of being able to walk into the locker room and, and I mean into the coach's office and be able to have conversations where people can understand what direction you're trying to go. Especially when you know each other like that, mm-hmm. that makes it easy to have those tough conversations. I mean, you're the head coach. You're going to be able to say what you want to say and be able to deliver the message how you want to, but you also want somebody that understands how you think. Kind of like what you were talking mm-hmm. about before about – understanding that in the concept of the running game that you were used to seeing at San Fran, how you were trying to defend it, exactly how you were trying to look at it at practice, the things that you were able to scheme for, those are the types of things you want to be able to have those conversations about. So I think they did a great job of of making that move. I still was looking at at least the conversation with Eric Public be enemy. I, I like thought that. that would have been good I for too. them to have that conversation. I like that. Idea. But I think that in the bigger scheme of things, I think they're happy with the decision that was being made. But I do want to ask you this because this came out today. I want to make sure that I have this right. The the odds mm. for this season. You know, the Super Bowl champion, and you know, as soon as the season's over, they already tell you who the favorites are. There's two teams in the AFC South that are already considered to be you're never going to win. Oh. One of them is the Texans. Oh, of course, yeah. Indianapolis Colts are, are they right the other there. One? And Everybody the team did- that is the absolute worst, Arizona Cardinals, have the absolute uh, worst odds. That makes sense because they don't have a coach yet, right? Yep. They don't to coach. I don't and think And then we have, don't no. know about Kyler's injury. Right. He won't be back next right. season, or at least for the foreseeable future. And they've already had two of their – A.J. Green and J.J. Watt both retired. And I know they weren't huge parts of their team anymore, but that's two guys that are star players retiring. Mm -hmm. You know they're past their prime. I will bring this up about Bobby Slowick. Uh, He does come from a football family. Uh, how he got his foot in. His dad, his dad is a yeah. defensive coordinator, former defensive coach. So, But Bobby Slowick was a wide receiver, which is why he probably does offense uh, instead of defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a lot of fun discussions at dinner between a now offensive coordinator and former D.C. Uh, trying to pick apart how defenses and offenses will act. Right. Yeah, his dad was uh, actually the defensive back and linebackers coach in Washington when he was there with the Shanahan clan. Yeah. So his dad. Yeah. So his dad's been a DC for the Bears. He's been a DC for the Browns. Uh, DC for the Packers and the Broncos. So he and uh, now he's in the CFL. But he has been around the league for a long time. So another guy to from a football family mm-hmm. to have basically been brought up having these conversations. Yep. That's a locker room combo. Um, yeah, I, and I like the hire. I think it's a smart hire. My concern still is, it's one of the reasons I like the Cliff Kingsbury, at least, option. 
you need some head coaching experience on that staff. I agree. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, so I mean, I, not a big deal. He doesn't have it now, but you can get it. Assistant head coaches, you can get it from a, a you know a position coaches, but he he needs to prioritize that because right now y'all just looking really green. It's yeah. like y'all got a lot of experience on that staff, man. Gonna make yeah. a, lot, a lot of mistakes can a be made. A lot of mistakes. Yeah. So. So you need as much help as you can yeah, possibly bring, get. You know, assistant. I mean, all your assistant coaches just bring in guys who used to be head coaches. Yep. I mean, that can be a priority, or you can just make make up a position for that guy. Right. You can call him a game management coach, which I believe Matt Burke was. Or you can get him that uh, guy that's Tennessee. the uh, the dumbass coach. Dumbass coach. Dumbass coach would work Be too. there to help you yeah, out. Yeah, that whatever yep. you want to call it. Yep. But he needs some experience there. I because I, I, I like the way things are going, but it's it's hard to find experience at those position coaches. Usually those are young up-and-comers, kind of young risers yep. at your position coaches. So I, I hope that at the assistant head coach and at some of those maybe administrative roles, he goes with help. help. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, if honestly, go find a head coach that maybe for a year just wants to take a year off. Yep. Like you yeah, said, somebody- coaches get fired. Like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm, I just want you to be a consultant, yep. period. You ain't got to do that. Just consultant. That's it. That's a good point. Just that says, is definitely a good point. Yeah, just find somebody who's like, because coaches will take a year off and yeah. say, I'll be a consultant with me while you take a year off. Would you do that? Hey, look at what uh, Gary Patterson's doing. Exactly. Yep. No, no, it's exactly it. Yep. I mean, go find somebody. So so you don't need a stellar resume or anything, but top of my head, I can't think of many of them, but I'm sure there's some head coaches that we can think of on top of our head that right. could help them out. All right, um, that's the latest with the Houston Texans and them building up their coaching staff. There are some other kind of administrative roles that have been filled. We'll get into that later on this week because I suspect they're going to start filling in some of these uh, position coaches uh, this week sooner rather than later. All right, we come back. We're going to wrap it up, put it in the oven, and let you know what's on tap. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horns. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. All right, what's on tap for you tonight, Harge? We got that Texas Longhorn basketball game. I still have to get my Monday. prep going for the weekend. I'll talk a little bit of baseball tomorrow for the Hard Knocks Light and get everybody ready for baseball because the Horns start this Friday uh, against Arkansas. Oh, that's right. Uh, gentlemen and ladies, Valentine's Day tomorrow. That's right. Don't get caught slipping. All right? Get out there tonight. Get a card. Do something. Write a love letter. Do something. Write a love letter. I don't care what you do. All right? Just do something. I'm going to try to go find some biggity bites of joy tomorrow. Go there. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Candy. It don't matter. Just make sure he or she feels loved. Patrick, right. what you got on tap? I'm watching Texas basketball. That's right. I'm doing that, too. All right. Oh, actually, I'm going to do some Valentine's Day stuff first. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do some Valentine's time. Day first. I got a little time. 730 right here on the horn. That's, That's right. right. 730 pregame, then 8 o'clock tip-off. Uh, Craig Ware on the call. The voice of the horns and Eddie Orn as well. Re- uh, remember, the revolution will be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.